Hello everybody, welcome to the Natch 20 Review! We are Final Show Films, we produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. You can check us out on our website at finalshowfilms.com and our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. I am Taku. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by... Shadow Chorus. And... Units. Yes, uh, we are We are sans a pookie tonight, uh, she had things she needed to do. So, uh, we are going to be talking to you about... Uh, big box of stuff... It's actually Mistfall. not the biggest box I've seen for this genre of it, game. It's not. Um, so let's start with... Uh, it has been... <coughs> cough, cough. Cough. It has been more than a century since the mists fell over the northern kingdoms, poisoning the land, twisting the minds of those too weak to resist, and bringing fallen warriors back from the dead to raise sword and axe against the living. An age of darkness is approaching, and to some, all hope seems lost, as the twisting tendrils of a, of a, of a malevolent force tighten their grip on humanity's last bastions. But in the icy realm known as the Valskir, the fight is far from over. Mistfall is a fully cooperative fantasy adventure played on, a fantasy adventure played on an ever-changing modular board. As one of the heroes, you will have a set of personal feat cards that serve as both your skills and actions, as well as your life pool. Unique advancement cards will allow you to customize your character during the game, building the deck and stacking the cards to create potent combinations or powerful synergies with your companions. Become an iconic fantasy hero and stand against the cruel power of the Relentless Mists, undertaking one of four diverse quests. Face undead horrors, ravenous beasts, sorcerers, brigands, and unspeakable abominations spawned by the malevolent force itself, and vanquish epic foes as you and your companions push forward to complete your mission before the time runs out. So gather your companions, your weapons, and your resolve, and brave the perilous world of Mistfall. Dun, dun, dun. Mistfall is a game for one to four players. Its roughly running time is 30 minutes per player, and is for ages 13 and up, and it is a game by a man with a Swedish name. Um... I'd say... I don't know how to pronounce it, and I'm not going to try! Blas- so, Blasage Kubaki? Something like that. Something like that. So, uh, first impressions. Chat, of course. Uh, the first impressions of this game are <laughs> dismal. They're awful. Uh, this, this, this game is very deceptive in that when you first open it up and try and read what the cards say and read what the rules say, this game is dauntingly complex to try to understand on your first impression. Definitely this is a game you want to learn from someone who already knows how to play the game. Because you will you will not get... The game will not do justice from just trying to learn it out of the box. Um, first impression. What are we doing? How are we doing it? And why am I reading a thesaurus? And what's with the hieroglyphs? <laughs> so to explain what that means, um, they've replaced words with pictograms that they don't fully explain... Like, they have a glossary of symbols, and that's kind of the extent of it, but the glossary of symbols isn't super helpful. And then the rules, instead of taking you on a, a play-by-play, here's how a turn plays out, they like, we're going to run down a bunch of abstract ideas, and we're going to assume that you put them in order, and they don't give any examples for anything. Like, their example cards don't have any explanations for what the symbols mean. It's just like, here's where the number of creatures shows up, and it's a raging bull plus two. The heck? Plus two with a with a helmet yeah, person hel- next to it. Raging ch- or two helmet plus two. 
Yeah. Which we had to do a little bit. We had to run back to, okay, mathematics 2x plus 2 would be... It's poorly laid out. The rules don't explain turn by turn. They don't give examples. We kind of... we The first time we played it, we fumbled for... Three hours. Three hours to get through one round of combat. And we still weren't sure we were doing it right. And we... Uh, we and you, we, we weren't. <laughs> we weren't. We ended up having two YouTube people playing it to figure out what the rules meant. And this was not for lack of not reading every word on every page. <laughs> And it's not a short rule book. Yeah. So, first impression was, my god, this is a fucking mess. You guys didn't see it fresh out of the box, okay? Because I, I, I bought the game and I opened it up and I was trying to prepare the game early because I knew it would take a bit of setup. So I was trying to prepare the game early so that we could, when everybody got over here, we could just start playing. Well, I open up the box, and it's a pile of cards saran-wrapped together, and not all of them were saran-wrapped with their own cards. So uh, each of the heroes have their own deck of cards. But the deck of cards is not a complete deck of cards. It's not like a full 60 cards. It's like 20, maybe. Uh, 2025. So in order to effectively saran-wrap, they stack multiple sets of decks together. But they did not stack all of the same two decks together. So I had one thing where I unwrapped it and it was some of the heroes cards, some of the rangers cards, some of the rogues cards and some item cards. And it was like it was just like And all those cards have the same back. To yeah, clarify. They, they, they all have the same back so you have to actually sift through the cards to figure out who goes where and what goes what. So it was it was just sort of a mess opening up the box and then opening up the rule book to read through it was just more of a mess. Uh, you know, when 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 icon says icon, do icon to icon, and it's like with with no with no context to go in. Looking at any of the cards, because yeah. Holly was over uh, when we were doing it, and she looked at a card, and her first reaction was, "I really don't want to play this game." Yeah, it's not. It's a very intimidating looking game, and it's, I feel like that's to its detriment because it's not actually that complicated of a game. It just looks more complicated than it, it is, and there's a lot of things that where they just, where the the creators of the game just didn't take the time to proofread their own material with somebody who didn't know what the icons meant, or with someone who'd never played the game before. Yeah, with someone who never played the game, because a lot of books, a lot of game rule books, when they're introducing new, when they're introducing a new mechanic, and they have an icon that they want to represent that mechanic, will explain what it means. The best, the best example of this is Magic the Gathering. Whenever Magic the Gathering has a rule that is either new or, ha- or maybe it's an old rule but it's unfamiliar to current sets of players, they put reminder text. Like Scry. Yeah, like Scry. Well, what does Scry mean when you look at a card that says Scry? Well, it'll then say. In brackets, they'll say when you Scry something, you look at the top card of your deck and then decide whether you're going to put it back on the top or put it on the bottom of the deck. And a lot of books or rule books will have that for the first instance that you see that thing. So, for example, the Beastman token means enemies. So what you should have done, and what other more competently laid out rules books would have done, would said, whenever an enemy, brackets, monster face, end bracket, comes to you, you or whenever you, know, whenever you slip, slip up an encounter place, you put X amount of enemies, brackets, monster face, brackets, and then every other reference to it after that is just the icon. If you want to do it like that. Alternatively, there's enough room in that rule book, they could have just written out the words. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like, and we haven't clarified, the genre of this game is it's definitely kind of the role-playing tabletop. Yeah. 
big Saturday afternoon type adventure game. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation for these games to be complicated. And so I feel like, well, if it's complicated, that makes it better. So we're going to be sort of intentionally obtuse and in our own meta because it makes us look more complicated, which makes us better, and they just sort of like got all up in their own butts. Actually, what I think I don't think it was that. I think this was a uh, they bottom up design rather than top down. So top down design is where you start from the concept and then look down towards the materials. This was a bottom up. They started the materials and looked up towards the concept. Because I feel like the reason they have all these things in the rule books referenced only by their icon is because they knew on their cards and on their abilities and on the chits that they wanted them referenced only by the icons. Yeah. So like they, they said, okay, well we've got this card that has all these icons referencing it. So in the rule book we're just going to use icons so that we don't have to try to spell out the words in the small amount of space we have available on our cards. Which is weird. It's a weird design. Like, I understand the design choice of wanting to use icons on the cards to save space, because a lot of these cards are small, and you know, you don't you don't want to overcrowd the cards with text, so you replace specific words with icons. I get that. Also, it ties into like the, the art on the backing of some of the cards. Like, the art on the back of the monster cards is the monster symbol. So you have a one-to-one correlation with monster and monster, once you know what that symbol means. However... There is literal one page of symbol explanation. Yep, the symbol. In the entire rule book. There's a little bit more than that, actually. I just found it. There, there's a little bit here and there, but it's not. But the, the problem is that the symbol key starts Go to the front after page. they've already started using the symbols. Yeah. Like, and if you. Like, there's a couple places where. Like, some symbols are placed in the rules, and some symbols are only in the rules. Are, are, are only in the symbol key. Yeah. Others of them are later in the book. What we're saying is, the rule book's not well laid out. There is a symbol key in there. Like that, that is a fact. There is a symbol key in there, and it does tell you what everything looks like. But it, it doesn't really tell you what it is, though. Yeah, it tells you what this means. It doesn't tell you what it is, and that's part of the problem. That's why these things are more organically served by being explained in the context of the sentence, which some of them are. Like some of them are, not all of them are. Like all the hero sim, all, all the all the monster symbols are explained like monsters, and it puts the symbol right next to it and explains exactly what a monster is. Yeah, which is really helpful. And then they didn't do that for most of the mechanics. Yeah, there's also a bunch of symbols, uh, what, what's called your charter, which is like where everything is tracked. And there's just a raging bull symbol, and it's like, oh, that means enraged monster. What happens when we hit it? Yeah, and it's. Very poorly explained. Yeah, in the like books. everything, everything it, to clarify, everything is explained. Everything is explained yeah. in the rule book, just not in the best way to explain it. Everything is explained. It's just a matter of finding where the explanation is and also parsing the explanation. <laughs> and, and, that, then... and neither one of those are easy. <laughs> so we, we that, that that's that that was just our first impression. Should we do a second impression? Because we don't normally do that, but let's talk about things we liked. <laughs> which well we'll go into our second impression because we, we you know talking about first impressions, the first time we sat down with this game it took us three hours to run through a round and we didn't fully understand it. Sitting back down and a second time we all came back to it with a fresher understanding of the rules and it took us a lot less time. So uh, Shadow Course, what do you what do you like about the game? Oh, it was like I'm talking a lot of shit about this game in the first impressions. I actually really, 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 really know, like this game. I know, right? <laughs> um this this is 
basically your tabletop D and It is it is your your card game, picking your hero and running through your adventure. It it very much is once you understand how the cards break down and what the abilities mean. It's a very intense, very fun strategy game of pitting heroes in a party together to face, quite frankly, very massive odds at times, especially with that last boss fight. It's a good gauge for, like, balancing your party. Like, if you're, if you're a DM, if you're a DM looking at this, like, oh, hmm, I have ideas now. <laughs> um, this is a, like, it's, it's supremely fun once you've actually understood the rules, which is why I say I definitely recommend learning this game from someone who already knows how to play. Yep. Um, there were two main things I liked. Um, the first one is, it's really quick to say, everything is modular, so there's so much replayability, you put things together, different things, you know, all the event, all the different, uh, events are different, the, the, the board builds out differently, so it's modular for lots of replayability, replayability. Um, my favorite thing, though, is how teamwork-oriented it is, and how much, because... I, I, sometimes teamwork games are not my thing, but I like this is a teamwork game because you really have to strategize because you as a player get a lot of choices down to, um, you know, the enemies are coming at you. Hey, there's a tie and focus. You determine where this one goes. You determine the play order of the of your characters each round. So you can work out, all right, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that, we're going to do this together, or, you know, my thing will lower defense for the turn, which will open it up to you. There's... You really have to strategize with each other and understand what everybody else can do and is doing to do well. And so it makes you work cohesively. And there's no hidden <coughs> information. Like, uh, there's a problem we have with, spellca- with, with spellcasters, where there's like that hidden information in the team. There's no hidden information in this. Like, yeah. you, know, you, know what, you can know what's in my hand, I can know what's in your hand, we know roughly what each of us is capable of, and we know what's coming. Yeah, because there's no dungeon master. It's a, the cards are face value. The, yeah, the mecha- the mechanics deal with the mechanics themselves deal with the randomization of the enemies. Um, so I really I, I I'm right there next to Shadow Course. I really love this game. I love it. I like. I figured I would like it because it's right down my alley. Uh, like it's it's got the box art has. Uh, has a group of stalwart adventurers facing the facing you know facing towards calamity, and uh, it, it's like I just looking at the box art. I knew I was going to enjoy this game, and I did. Those are the four um, original heroes, by the way, the ones that were originally slated to be released with this game. I think their Kickstarter hit the point where they made more. Yep. Uh, and the four heroes on the front are the cleric, the the, the rogue, ar- the cleric, the, the rogue, the mage, and the fighter. And then uh, in addition to that, there's also an arcane archer. Uh, another mage, the frost mage. Yeah, the frost mage and the barbarian. Um, I think there's one more. I think there's eight total. No, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, yeah. seven. Um, but uh, I, I knew it was going to be right up my alley, and it was. And it's a really fun game. And I, I, what I love most about it is it's as complicated as it is. You wouldn't expect it, to be, but this is a, another form of a gateway game. Oh no, I'd say it's the opposite. No, it's another form of a gateway game, but oh. not the way you're thinking. It's a gateway game to D and D. If you find somebody that plays this game, and after you explain the complexities of the rules, and they really enjoy the setting and the gameplay and the strategy and the combat, 
and they have never played D&D before, there's a very good chance that they'll enjoy D&D. There's a very good chance yeah, this, that they This is not a gateway game into more board games. No, no, no. no. It's, not, is, it's, not like a, it's not like entry level into no, board know. games. But it's, it's a way of transitioning a tabletop player to D&D. To a pen and paper player. Yeah, to a pen and paper player. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a gateway game like in the same class that our other gateway games have been, where it's like somebody who never plays tabletop games will play it and wobbly more. This is the other way around. This is getting somebody who really likes playing board games to playing pen and paper games. I would say it's a gateway game in that direction. Um, and and it's just... I, the world seems interesting to me. Like, the, the blurb I read out of the back, that's an interesting story. I would like to do a campaign in this world, you know? And it just seems really fun and interesting. And the game play once you actually start playing the game, it goes by super quick. Like, it took us an hour and a half, but I feel like a lot of that was set up. And and just the, the way it takes to get mechanics down. Well, a game can be long. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, but it felt quicker than it was. I mean, it was it was an hour and a half, but it didn't feel like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there were there weren't any there there wasn't downtime. And I feel like that's a really good mark in favor. Like his game is complex and dense, and that's not a bad trait. It is good for that, but the problem yeah. was the was the explanation of it. So let's start talking about things we didn't like because I know there's things that all three of us didn't like. Uh, oh, back, really quick before we go to that, one thing I really appreciated was there's not really a whole lot of random randomness in the game. Uh, for purposes of what you can do as a player, because the decks have enough redundancy in them, and they're small enough that you can readily predict what you're going to be able to do each turn. There's no, there's no issue of a not being able to do anything because the way the card draw mechanics work, where you draw at the end of your turn. There's no issue of not being able to do anything, and there's no issue of uh, of not knowing what you're going to get. So what we didn't like. <coughs> I mean, I can I can just hold up the rule book and say this, <laughs> um, but the majority of what I did not like did not lie within the confines of the game. It was within the presentation and within the rule book, mm-hmm. because this needed to have been written by someone who understood how to communicate to people. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a there's a barrier to entry in the rule book alone, and it definitely needed an editor. Now I'm. I, I will be the last person to say that a barrier to entry is something that no game should ever have. I play Dark Souls. Um, but the, the the problem is the barrier to entry needs to be surmountable by someone who wants to try without having to find someone who knows how to play already. <laughs> like, this, this, this game is very much a word-of-mouth game where you can't rely on the rule books to learn how to play the game. You have to find someone who knows how to play, really. Or at least YouTube. Or at least YouTube. Yeah, it's like it's it's when your rule book is the hardest boss in your game. <laughs> this is definitely a game where you go to your local game store and you see people and you join in a game of it. Yep. Uh things I didn't like. There's a long list, but um, it can be summarized pretty easily with with two statements. Playing it the first time, the first time we tried, after three hours, I was done. I didn't want to play it ever again. <laughs> Coming back to it the second time, it was enjoyable, and it made me want to play the Pathfinder version of it. <laughs> I, it. Neither time I played it did I want to be playing the game we were playing. That's right. Um, it, it's fun. It's actually shockingly simplistic in mechanics once you figure it out, which we've already discussed figuring it out. But it doesn't do anything the best, I would say. 
Um, I've played a few games of this genre. The Pathfinder one, uh, Cardio is a big one. I've played some Lord of the Rings ones, um, a couple other generic, you know, D&D ones. Uh, the what it comes down to is, this is not the example of this genre I want to play. It's yeah. it's fine. It's it's okay, but nothing, aside from the modularness of it, nothing really stands out. And to me, this is, this is a turn-off game. This is a game where someone sees this game, thinks it's really cool, gets it, and then gets frustrated by it, and they give up on the entire genre of, well, maybe complicated board games aren't for me, because maybe they're all like this. I think we're going to probably tackle Mice and Mystics next and see what the... Because that's another game in the same genre. Mm-hmm. And see what the difference is between this and something... Because Mice and Mystics is designed for a much younger age. Yeah. Br- brief aside, tell me this, this rogue did not look like Hawk. Oh, no, he definitely looks like Hawk. Oh, the entire game, by the way, is full of D&D ripoffs and, and other, other other big things. You know, your 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 magic missiles and stuff like... your chain Straight lightning. magic missile. Straight magic missile. It's, it's called magic missile, or it's not stone skin, it's skin of stone. Yeah. You know, it... So, for me, things I dislike, there is one, one thing in particular that I dislike, and that's the time mechanic. Um, I don't know if there, I don't know if there's a similar mechanic in other games like this because this is the only this is the first one of this genre that I've played that I can recall clearly. Um, Most games, their time, the time mechanic in this is because the game is modular. The yeah, time it's, mechanic it's to, is, it's, is the time mechanic gives you that hard limit, that cutoff limit. It's an abstraction. In most games, as the game progresses, things happen. Yeah, and events happen on a time scale. Um, the Lord of the Rings is a great example because as you're traveling to Mount Doom, things are happening, and if you're not keeping up with it, you just uh, Sauron takes over the world. So yeah, the uh, the time mechanic in this is there's a, there's a scale, there's a two line scale, uh, and it doesn't start at the beginning of the goddamn scale, which pisses me off. It also does. It says put it on the number of players you have, not the physical numbers. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The helmet so, so it's not the, the the time scale is not very well organized or made, and it's confusing. But the biggest problem that I have with it is that it puts such a feeling of rush on a game that doesn't need that. Yeah, especially like some of the later quests that there are add like there's like nine territories that you end up going through in the course of the game, and we were running out of time with three. Like, we were running out of time with three territories to go through, much less nine. I have no idea how you're supposed... I, I imagine it pushes it back further if they're if on one of the other quests, but, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, the, the, the time scale doesn't make sense to me. And that's a, that's a sign of a poorly designed mechanic. If you can't look at it and understand why it's there and what its purpose is... It's poorly designed. Well, it's like there, there, there are a number like, of mechanics in this game that I could understand why they were there. Like the fact that you could only play yeah. fast actions during your turn like for equipment. I understood why that's there because it's make sure that you don't exploit the end of turn draw mechanic. Yeah. And that's I understand why that's there. The time scale does not makes serve an obvious purpose to me. No. It serves no, pur- it serves and, no and real to, purpose. It serves no real purpose other than artificially restricting the amount of time you have to play the game. Also, to clarify, the way the time system works is you, you advance a time point every time, and at certain times, events happen. You enrage monsters, or you move your reinforcement counter up, which makes more monsters appear. However, um, instead of just advancing at one every turn, you flip over a time card, which 
has advanced by one, and then oftentimes there will be an event, and it'll be like, discard your card, you know, discard this type of card if you don't pay your resolve points, which you get resolve points by killing enemies and completing encounters. And you use those to buy abilities. Yeah. And so it, it also feels like, well, you're either, you know, advancing your time and feeling rushed, or you're depleting your resources and going into your next encounter weakened. Um, yeah. Which is kind of... The time mechanic is a f- giant feel-bad mechanic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the entire purpose of it is to make you not feel as well as And I feel like they could have made more innovative ways to... I feel like if I, next time I play this, I might just leave it off entirely and see how that feels, because that might just make the game ten and just times be like, better. Yeah, just, oh, you can't rest outside of, you know, you can't rest normally. Or even just, yeah, you can rest normally. You just rest back to full. That long rest. That'd be overpowered. Eh? Because you go into each encounter fresh, and some of them I feel like you're... A lot of the encounters were very easy, and I feel like you're supposed to feel the wear and tear of encounters. Or maybe even, maybe even rather than just having it be at the end when you hit the end of the time thing, it just resets. That might be a thing I'd do. Or, yeah, like have, having the having the game end that quickly might be a problem. Having well, a especially because long, we, we, a longer time scale would probably work better. Yeah, because we weren't doing it right, but there were things there were there are there are certain spots on the time scale that move you ahead. Like you move the time ahead one, and then you're forced to move the time ahead a number of spaces equal to the number of players playing the game. So if you're playing with four, no, people, no, it's it's it's. Uh, a number of spaces equal to the the most recent number you've passed. No, so the, the it, further your time is out, the faster it moves forward. There are some that there are some that were forward number of players. Okay, so there's some for both. Yeah. So there's some where the game is ending soon. Oh, it's ending even sooner. Yeah. No, and this wasn't a time card because that that affects on a time card. Oh yeah. This was on the time board. This was one oh. that you cannot avoid. Although I do, I do believe that those are only if you land on them, if you stop on them with your time. Well, yeah, if you if you somehow move forward two instead of one, then yeah, you might skip it. But if you land on it, you move forward four more turns for no reason, no discernible reason. Like in the world of the game, it doesn't make sense. I definitely much feel like, less as a mechanic. I feel like a twenty turn clock, which is what the base time thing looks like, it should be. Seems fine. Yeah. When you add all these things and advance time even further and make the game that much shorter... Also, considering that it's it, at minimum it starts five turns in from the 20-turn clock. Yeah. So it's really a 15-turn clock. If you're playing one player. If you're playing two players, it's a 13-time clock. If you're playing three players, it's 12. If you're playing four players, it's 11. And this is why we didn't go into in-depth into explaining the rules at the beginning of this podcast. Because, because there are too many. Spend- hour and seriously go to YouTube and watch somebody play a turn yeah, of it. And I, I, if, I could just read the rule book for three hours if you wanted, but that'd be a boring podcast to listen to. So let's talk about materials, because this is where the game really shines, I feel. Yeah. Um, materials are nice. So, the, the game components. Especially for the price of the game. Yeah, the game is very cheap. So bearing in mind that this game was $45, which I know sounds like a lot, let me read the game components. 385 cards. Here's the breakdown. 236 hero cards, 102 regular enemy cards, 4 double-sided special enemy cards, 18 regular encounter cards, 4 special encounter cards, 13 time cards, 8 double-sided info cards, 22 location tiles, 7 deadlands, 7 wildlands, 7 borderlands, 1 haven location. Uh, So that's a grand total of... A bunch. 21. 22 tiles? Yeah, it's 22. 21 locations you can go to. 
Ten wooden cubes, eight boards, seven double-sided hero charters, uh, each of which has a normal and a hard mode side. Just in um, case you're feeling masochistic. Just in case you really like Dark Souls. Uh, and then one double-sided quest, char- quest charter. Which I do. I might try hard mode at some point. You know? You and me. 153 tokens, 56 wound tokens, 30 resolve tokens, 20 objective tokens, 40 condition tokens, 6 quest tokens, 1 party token with an attachable base, which broke. Uh, it sucked. And 2 booklets, 1 rule book, and 1 book of quests. The book of quests explaining more about the quest cards previously. That's a lot of stuff. And to clarify, this genre of game, typically like 60 bucks... Yeah, like a tip- typical game of this type costs 60 bucks, And this is not poorly put together stuff. Like the cardboard chits for... The double-sided cardboard chits for the hero cards and th- in the quest charter. Solid cardboard. Like, it's not... It's, it's, it's not the bendy type. Yeah, it's not bendy. It's really good card stock. The cards themselves are a really nice quality. They're very smooth. They feel nice. They feel like hold. magic cards. Yeah, they feel like magic cards. Like the same that same quality of, of card, and they're like they're smooth. They flip nice. They have like sort of a. They don't have that velvet quality that I was complaining about with uh, Splendor. Yeah, they don't have that rough. They don't have that rough side. But or no, it wasn't Splendor. It was I don't remember which game it was. It was a while back. There was one of the cards like they always felt like velvet because like the cross hatching they had on the on yeah the uh, boss monster. Yes. No. No, it was a boss monster. Whatever. It was a game. It was a game. This, this one doesn't have it. This is a. Yeah, the the cards feel it's fun nice. Game, I'd rather be playing this game. They flip well, like you know, they're, they're really well put together materials. The only real thing that I have an issue with is the cardboard cubes that seem out of place with everything else. Um, to be fair, they go on the charters, so they're not. Wait, on they still the seem board. out of place. Like it, they're like, not as out of place as they were in Lords of Waterdeep because at least they're like a solid, rich brown. They look wooden. They, just, they look like so. Like everything in this game has art on it. The art is very nice, by the way. The art's very nice. Like, this is high-quality D&D art. Um, the locations are really solid. Again, solid chits with really good artwork on it. Um, it's not always the same. Lords of Waterdeep! I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Oh, it was Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, like the, they have the cross-hatching on the, on the cards, and it pisses me off. Each of the location cards has a different piece of art on it. The hero cards all have the same art on it. Um, to identify the hero. Just, just identifies the hero. But the hero art is really nice. The so. hero art is very nice. And there's the most of that kind of card. So Yeah. Um, the enemy art is really cool. Really neat to look at. The design. Like, the game is very well designed. Um, at least from an, art, from, an artistic, from an artistic perspective. To be frank, for $45, they could not have made this any better. No. Like, materials-wise. It's a very nice game, very nice looking. The rules book is nice, like it as far nice. as materials, and it looks pretty. Yeah. Until you try to use the the until words on it. Until you try to read it. Until you try to read it. So yeah, I mean, it's a it's a well put together game. I can definitely see where the money goes. Like there's no there's no at no point at any time am I looking at this game going where did the money go? Like I can we, see we've where done that with several games. Where it's like where did the money go? Yeah. No, this is well worth the price. Even the box art is nice. Like, the box art doesn't even reuse any of the art in the game. <coughs> like, this is the the art on the box is not art you find on the, any of the cards. Barring the rulebook. Uh, yeah, barring the rulebook. I mean, but, uh, rulebooks typically do that. Yeah. Um, and the back has some of the monsters on it, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean... Like, you know, it's not... It's, it's really neat. It's really well put together. So, really complicated game. 
Not, not, no, scratch that. Not a very complicated game. A very complicated rule. Very game. obtuse yeah, game. Yeah, very obtuse. But, so let's, uh, well, I think that's like all we can really say the, about The it. only one other thing I want to mention is the advantage that this has over your pen and paper's games is there's a lot of times where you want to get together, you don't want to get a DM, or you don't want to roll a whole campaign. Yeah. These are the two times where you want to play this type of game. Is it because there is no DM? No one has to play the DM, and it's yes, it's a it's it's the length of a D and D session, but you finish it. Yeah. So if you don't have a regular group, you can be like, well, let's get together and do a one off. Yeah. There's no field. There's no. I really like these characters. I want to see where they're going next. Do you know where they're going next? They finished it. Yeah. So, it's fun. There's no continuation to it, which I think... The, does the Pathfinder game have, like, a continuing aspect to it? Like, there's expansions and stuff, yeah. but it's... It's an, an adventure of this group. I mean, you could play the different events and take your same party through them, and it would be the same sort of an adventure of this group. And while it says one to four players, there are seven heroes... I can certainly see playing this with seven heroes. It would take it a lot longer... But I could certainly see playing the, seven the rules are the rules only have allocations for four players. Yeah, you 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 would be you would be you would be exploring your own emergent gameplay, adding five, six, and seven. Yeah, but it, I mean, we did it with Splendor, and it was fine with five. Yeah, I yeah. feel like this is the same sort of. It can be played with seven. Pe- I feel like it, as long as there is as long as there's a hero available, you can play with that. There are enough cards to cover. Like like no, you don't lose cards because there are seven people. In fact, you just gain more enemies if there are seven people, so it, it, it balances itself out through its own mechanics. Um, because, like, all the all the encounters spawn monsters equal to your hero plus or minus some. So... You just have to fix the time track. Yeah, and I've already discussed wanting to throw the time track out the window, so... <laughs> it's just... Boom, throw it away. Right. Play with seven people. Alright. So, so yeah, let's... Uh, is there anything we'd improve about it? I don't think there's much to talk about improvements wise uh, that, we haven't, that we haven't already spoken. About. That we haven't already spoken about. Yeah. Instead of a rule book, just put it a DVD. <laughs> give it a DVD and take some YouTube channels. All right. So let's give it our final grades. Sure, of course. Uh, I have to give it a B plus because I typically an A minus is a game that I really, really want to play over and over again, but has flaws. This game's flaws will prevent a lot of people from wanting to play it. Yeah. I have to give it a B plus rather than an A minus because. As much as I do really want to keep playing this, the barrier to entry creates a problem. Yeah. Like a significant problem. Definitely. Um, D plus. Really? That really? low? That low. When I'm playing it, I want to play other games, and if I wanted to get other people to play it with me, I don't know what sort of bribery I would have to do to get somebody who doesn't know the game. Because it's so daunting. And a three-hour learning curve is just such a waste of time. And it's not a it, it's not even a game where I'll be like, hey, someone else is playing it, I'll play with them, because I have to devote so much time to playing this game. This isn't an accidental or a, oh, we'll play this while we're... This is a sit-down, intentionally play this game game. And I really just don't want to get... I don't want to put hours of my life into it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, I really enjoyed playing the game once I learned it, and I feel like now that I've learned it, the learning curve is not three hours long anymore. No, um, because I can very easily 
I've, I have experience teaching people things. I know how to teach people things. Yes. And because of that, I can teach somebody how to play this game in a much shorter time. The game can teach people how to play it. Yes. Um, I find it fun. I find it entertaining. I think it's something that I, I, I actually do want to see if we can get Holly to play it and just see what her, once she knows everything, what her reaction to it would be. Um, I think it's I think it's something that'll definitely it'll sort of capture the imagination of people and make them encourage them to play other types of games, not necessarily like this, but like going in pen and paper games. Um, and it's already made me want to go out and play more games of this type. And not not because I don't like this game, but because I want to see where else this genre of yeah. tabletop game can go. And maybe that's the difference, because I've played a decent number of these yeah. recently enough to remember how they're played. Mm-hmm. For you, this is more of a... This is a brand new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, you know, both of those opinions are valid. Uh, it's a game that I would like to play again, but has flaws. It's not a it's not a range because like 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 we said, it's not a game that I constantly want to play more of. But it's a game that I would definitely seek out people to play with me. So, B plus like. D, D plus because every game but Starcraft Rift Rift risks <laughs> that we have reviewed, I would rather play than this game. And that's fine. That's something fine. I would, I would, I mean, I would rather play Splendor than this game, but I gave Splendor an A. So <laughs> Splendor was also a ridiculously good game. I know. Boss Monster Two. Yeah. Like, no. If it wasn't 10 p.m. right now. Right now. All right. So that was Mistfall. Go check it out if you have 45 bucks you want to throw away. Um, like, like uh, seriously, it's it's a it's a, I, I I this is a game that I put on my recommendation list. I heartily recommend this game if you're looking for an interesting tabletop RPG. Now, if you are a, an, a, a, a pen and paper player, games like this are also really fun to introduce you to the the, the world of board games. Yeah. It's a, it's a good it way works both back ways. and forth. Yeah, it works both ways. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's Mistfall. I appreciated it. Two B pluses and a D, and a D, and a D plus. <laughs> yeah. Learn to play it with someone who knows how. Yeah, definitely. Don't try to learn it on your own. <laughs> Or if you do... Get YouTube. YouTube videos. Get YouTube. All right. That's been Mistfall. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. We have been Final Show Films. We produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. You can check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms and on our website at finalshowfilms.com. Uh, if you... You know... F- f- sorry. Hearing my mouth. Um, we are only able to produce all the content that we produce thanks to the generous uh, support of our patrons. Uh, thanks to our $25 supporters, Antitonic and Chris Comfort. So uh, you can also support us if you like what we do uh, for less than the price of a cup of coffee a month. For less than the price of Mistfall all year, you can support us. <laughs> you can support us on our Patreon page. Every dollar helps. We appreciate it all. So thank you all very much. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>